Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. To the masters, break it down. Think it away, intestines and food. We just got tired of doing what you told us to do. Like a freak boy, yeah. Like a freak little man, break it down. Degen Nation fam, what is up? What is happening? My oh my, it's February and the Degen Nation is back. No, you got it right. It is February. Offseason doesn't sleep for anybody. We are here and we are going to be breaking down some NFL best ball strategy, getting you guys some best ball content this year. I think we kind of teased it on the last show there as we were getting into the, the Super Bowl breakdown there and uh, Kev, you're still wearing the gear, so uh, I, I know it might hurt a little bit, but that's all right. You know, two two Super Bowl appearances in two years, I'm sure you'll take that there in Kansas City. But I digress. For those of you guys who aren't familiar, it's the DJ Nation podcast. I'm Ryan Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Alexander underscore W. Joined by my usual uh, uh, guys, my 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 guys who ride with us on the DJ Nation pod, the Godfather himself, Mr. Kevin Steele at Fantasy Route 13. And Maddie Dickinson, Maddie two v two at Maddie DFS is where you can find him on Twitter now. And you know, monologue Ryan, I guess I got to start. I got to start working that in. That's going to be my goal in in 2021 is to is to work it in as we're already a minute and thirty. And you know, I got to give y'all the sweet soliloquies, the beautiful monologues here to break it down for you. Um, if you guys were following along with us on Twitter all day, Maddie Maddie sent out a tweet about us going live probably about an hour ago. Um, so if you're you know wondering where the show was, we're we're here now. Uh, gonna be talking about best ball strategy. We're excited to get into it. Something that. We haven't done at the DGen Nation um, thus far, but um, we're going to be doing it this year. It's 2021. We're on to bigger and better things. And so hopefully you guys enjoy the content. Kev, Maddie, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm good. It's, uh, you know, usually Jan- middle of January, uh, end of January, beginning of February is, is the last I, I get to share a, a podcast uh, with you guys until we launch back up in August. So this is this is a nice treat to to have some have a chance to be able to do something with you guys in February. So um, excited to to talk some best ball, which I think will be a new look for some a lot of our listeners out there. Hell yeah, Kev, how you feeling? Feeling good. You know, this is a nice little change up from uh, all the draft co- NFL draft content that I've been out here uh, producing. You know, <laughs> yeah. Devontae Williams, RB one, let's go. But uh, you know, so it's nice to change it up a little bit and get into a little bit more. Um, you know, a little bit more uh, best ball content and stuff like that. It also gets me prepped for the redraft season that we got coming up, so I can you know be prepared for that too. We got in a few months, but 
you know, normally for most people, this is when people are chilling and relaxing. Not, not, not here, not TFA. We, we got, we got content coming out just about every day. So uh, it's, it's been fun. Yeah, and you're already touching on that content there, Kev. You got the Javante Williams. We plugged that on the last show um, before the season was up. I saw your Jamar Chase video. Um, just just doing work on on all the guys, right? All the guys who who people are excited about. You're giving them that goodness. I know you're, you're doing the videos with Cody. Um, that's exciting. Robbie and Cody doing some content videos for the channel as well, too, guys. You want to make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Subscribe for more content, as you can see there below, if you're watching uh, watching with us and also some rookie running back content that's been out on the channel as well. That's been catching some steam and then articles by Andrew and CJ on the site at the fantasyauthority.com. So a lot of stuff that we have going for you. So DJ nation, we couldn't, we couldn't take a break, right? We had to come in here and, and get you guys in with something. And so that's where we're getting into best ball in this show right here is is going to be a, a short one. I say that, you know, tongue in cheek here is if you followed the DJ Nation over the years, you know, we can get long winded. But this will be a short little intro video for those of you guys who might play best ball religiously. Maybe you're looking to dabble in and kind of wanted to get your feet wet in it this year. We got a ton of best ball content that's going on all, all all along across the board. I mean, best ball tens have been around forever. Kev, I know you're familiar with those, have played those religiously over the years. Underdog Fantasy, formerly known as Draft, um, some of you guys might be familiar with. They have tournaments out right now, a big tournament right now for t- $10. I think there's 5700 or something around there entries for that. I've gotten into a couple of those. DraftKings will be releasing some best ball content. So it's really gotten popular over the years. So I, I think that's kind of where I want to start about that. Let's just talk about just best ball in general to maybe some people who might not be familiar with that. They're just browsing along and found our channel and wanted to see what intro to best ball is like. Uh, Kev, you you explained it pretty well when we were first talking about doing this concept for the DJ Nation. So uh, I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on kind of what best ball is uh, for you and kind of why you are interested in playing it yeah i mean i think it takes out all the other bullshit that goes along with like your season long leagues right with it with the right. trading and the um the waivers and everything else and all the other shit that you have and set your lineups every single week like you don't have to worry about that with best ball you know it, you get to do the, the best part which is the drafting part which is the part we all love to do get hyped for i know for me like in season long like draft day comes and i'm fucking amped i'm ready to fucking go like you know mm-hmm. go you know do that stuff but with best ball you just you know you get to draft as much as you want you can start now and you can draft all the way up all the way until the season starts if your little heart desires or if you have the bankroll to do so and, you know, I think it's a nice little, you know, kind of savings account, if you will, uh, use it in that way. But I also think, it, you know, it's good. Uh, there's other benefits to it. I think it gets you ready for, you know, your redraft season and your, your and the really DFS. I think it really helps you out there as well, like diving into these players, getting deep into some of these rookies and, and some of these other guys that, you know, maybe you wouldn't really be paying attention to, um, you know, some of those later round picks and stuff like that. So I do think uh, those things do definitely matter. And, um yeah, I, I mean, so I think that for me is uh, what I love the most about best ball. And um, there's definitely a lot of strategy that goes into it, right? Like right. there's not, it's, it's stacking is super important, but there's different ways that, you you know, you try to get different. And I think it, we'll talk about it probably a little bit, but it matters more too on what type you're playing. Are you playing in the tournament? Are you playing in just a typical 12-man best ball league? Because that changes dramatically. Yeah, and we could, we could talk about some of that. I mean, Maddie, I know you were talking about uh, underdog, and before we get into that, shout out to Walido, um, friend of the podcast who's been riding with us for for a while here with the super chat, asking how everyone's doing. Maddie, why don't you tell the guy how you're doing, and then let let us know how you're feeling about best ball this year for 2021. 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's been nice to hop on with you guys uh, and, and do another show here, but uh, it, it wouldn't be a show without Walido hanging out in the chat. So it's good to Absolutely. have Walido hanging out. Uh, it makes makes it feel like home. Makes it feel like you know we got an audience out there that 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 cares and is listening. And uh, Walido tunes in every single week. So I'm doing good, Walido. Uh, appreciate you hanging out um, as always. Um, but yeah, best ball man. Uh, I think Kev hit the nail on the head for all the reasons why why I enjoy it as well. Uh, I mean, drafting that's the best part of fantasy anything football baseball basketball the drafts are, are the best part you know it's an, it's a, like in drafts are usually like an hour-long puzzle that you got to put together like okay well I, I went with this pick in the first round now who can, who am I going to take second and third round uh what's going to be available so you got you kind of got to you know strategize out for an hour and it's, it's just a fun exercise to do um and and in best ball, you know, you can do a bunch of little couple dollar drafts and, you know, maybe you're doing some $3 drafts and you do 10 of them, that's 30 bucks. And that may be the same, same entry as your, as your home league that you're playing in. Um, so I just think, you know, best ball is a cool way to, to get a ton of exposure doing drafts and, and getting experience doing them. Um, and then like Kev said, once you get to your redraft league, you've done so many best balls that you, you know what the board looks like. You don't even, you can just show up with no pen and paper in hand and, and everybody's going to look at you like, well, you're not prepared or anything. And you're going to be like, no, I, I'm prepared. I, you know, I've been doing my stuff, been playing best balls. So, um, no, but yeah, there's, there's some strategies we'll talk about. Um, like, I think that uh, a lot of people don't realize um, the importance of uh, the lineup being set for you. Um, you know, you get somebody uh, who scores 15 points in week one and scores that same player scores 15 points in week two. And that's not as valuable as a player who scores zero points in week one and 30 points in week two. Uh, even though it's the same amount of total points over the two weeks, uh, the, when the guy scored zero points, he was not in your lineup and somebody else was scoring points for you. So really your team as a whole scored more than 30 points. Uh, because that guy, you know, had that ceiling game. So best ball really, we'll, we'll talk about it as we go through players uh, in, in coming shows in the coming weeks. But best ball for me really is all about chasing players who have ceiling games. And I don't really care about floor floor games in best ball. I, give me guys with 100 yard, two touchdown upside on any given week. And, and those guys are going to be the ones making my team. So we'll get into strategy. But yeah, uh, it, it's a really fun format. And it's I think it's awesome that you can just do the draft and then you just put that team away and you just pay attention to the scores week in and week out. Um, your, your lineup gets set for you. Uh, it'll automatically play the players that, you know, score the highest points. So you never have to worry about, oh, well, I got Michael Thomas in my lineup and he only scored four points this week. And I benched Sammy Watkins and he got 48. Like what? I would never start Watkins over Michael Thomas. Well, that week you would have in 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 best ball, so uh, that's because the the software does it for you. So uh, I think it takes away the headaches of waivers, uh, the headaches of, of uh, having to decide, you know, which tough which guy you're going to play in a tough matchup or or which guy you need to sit in a good matchup takes those away. And then uh, injuries is another thing too that I think you know kind of evens out because everybody has to deal with injuries and you don't get to make pickups in season. Um, so that, you know, it's not like a team that makes an, gets an injury can make a pickup for that guy and stay on top of the league. So uh, it definitely like I, I had a ton of Dak Prescott that my good teams at the end of the year could have used this year. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about stacking and all that. But I think 
best ball is definitely a very, very fun and different format. Where, where do you guys think the biggest edge is in terms of best ball right now? Because, I mean, I still think best ball is still pretty untapped in terms of finding edges and stuff like that because, like, it, it hasn't become totally mainstream, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. certainly a lot of people grinding best ball and stuff like that. But in terms of um, it being, like, a mainstream thing, it certainly isn't. Like, it feels more like like DFS two or three years ago, right, where there was a lot of edge and everything else. Like, I still feel like best ball is still that, – that's where best ball is still at, and there's a lot of edge to be had. Where do you guys feel like the biggest edge is right now for best ball? Ryan, you want to take it? I yeah, I mean, well, I've gotten into two already. Um, I I'm still pretty green in it. I think last year was my first real time getting into it. Played some best ball tens, not too much on underdog. Played a little bit on on the DraftKings as they had that big like twenty dollar tournament that they released in their first year. So that was fun. Um, but I got you know got in the game when it was already like into draft season. Sort of like in August when when things are already set, I think I'm excited now to be drafting this early on, like when the season's already over, because most people are just, you know, they're thinking about the guys who ended the season hot and maybe not the guys who are injured or not the guys who kind of let people down or whatever or what, you know, what is the landscape looking like? And I'm trying to get edges on one, those guys um, two you know, guys who I think could be on the move and might land in favorable spots. I mean, for example, like Carson Wentz, I got him in a best ball draft in the 12th round before the trade news was going on. I mean, Carson Wentz, we've, you sent the ADP for best ball tens, Kev, like he was just going pretty much late in everything, like basically untouched because people weren't sure where he was going to land. But Indy being one of those spots, I thought that was a potential, you know, favorite. And then um, bears, I mean, (laughs) the bears are the bears, but I was like, if I can get some, wins on the bears exposure whatever um so i think that's cool i mean uh i think like you talk about the rookies too kevin i don't know a lot about them so i think right now the edges for people who know a lot about the rookies who are covering those guys like to get them if, as long as you know the player um you know because landing spots we think matter in fantasy and they do i i don't think i won't say anything about that but i think if you can get some of these untapped uh, rookies who people aren't writing deep content about late in these rounds. I mean, they're going to probably spike tremendously once the draft happens and they do get to favorable landing spots. Um, so, so those are the the things that I'm looking for right now and that I'm excited about, um, especially as I dive more into the rookies and understand them more and can, you know, get them in favorable spots because there's, there's a lot of rookies that I've seen people talk about who cover that stuff. Um, religiously, who are going like in the double digit rounds, and that's that's dope. I mean, Rondell yeah. Moore, for example, went in a double digit round in in one of my drafts, and I was like, that that's I feel great about that. If you because you're talking about upside, Maddie, like if you can get some of these guys that land in favorable spots for upside, um, that's exciting. I definitely think there's an edge there with I mean, in terms of the rookies, um, I, I think the biggest edge right now in best ball is roster construction is understanding the proper roster construction um for for best balls right because i think most people uh will look at it a little bit differently where with best ball you're really wanting to create stacks and even multiple stacks within your lineup where that's not really something you're necessarily looking to do and like if you're a a typical redraft guy right like you're you're, Mm -hmm. you know we we say wait to draft quarterback to the end. you're not you're not necessarily looking to do that and best ball, you're maybe want to take one a little bit sooner. Take one in the seventh, eighth round. You don't have to take Pat Mahomes. I think you're paying too much. You're investing too much. But you know, understanding that you know it, 
it's probably smarter to take Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, you know, in, the, in round one or round two. And there's a lot of edge to be had because you're kind of cornering the market there. But under, understanding how to properly build your lineup and, and uh, roster construction is so important in, in best ball. And I think yeah. it gives you a huge edge over the field. And I think if you jump in either now and even right before the season starts, I think there's probably a big edge there because you probably have a lot more people that are just, you know, just that just all of a sudden jump in in August or maybe they're not playing. They're not going to. I think the hardcore people are probably drafting in May and June, um, where I think you probably have the, your normal crowd probably jump in in August and early September before the season starts. And you're going to have a lot of edge there as well. So I, to me, I think that's just the biggest the biggest edge there is, is understanding how to put together a, a proper lineup. Yeah. And, and Maddie, why don't you touch on that a little bit? I was going to, you know, say, I mean, just reading up on some of this stuff. I mean, um, there's some there's not a lot, as kept saying, content that's out there. But, you know, I was reading up on some stuff that Scott Barrett had had written a couple of years ago. He explained best ball is like a mock draft with a payout, which I just love seeing that because, Kev, as you're saying, like the best part about, you know, fantasy sometimes is that draft right to have that to have that feeling of getting a team that you are so excited about. And as I was going through the best ball teams, I was like, man, this is, this is great to like have exposure to these players, um, you know, at, at this time. And so w- when you're building your roster, you know, like I would like one of the things that I was looking at when I got into the league was how, where can I get um, Trevor or not Trevor Lawrence, um, Joe Burrow and T Higgins. Like that's a stack that I was looking to get that I thought might, you know, go under the radar. And I know T Higgins, he's kind of getting popular right now. I mean, people were reaching for him in some of the drafts or maybe not reaching for him, depending on how you feel. But Joe Burrow, you know, coming off of the injury right there, I think he's going to be overlooked. So I definitely want exposure to, you know, guys like that, that definitely offer high upside. I mean, Joe Burrow was a player that, um, you know, was putting up fantasy points in bunches like every week we were playing him in DFS um, because he was putting up, you know, 300 yards, multiple touchdowns and things of that nature. So um, I'm curious, Maddie, as to what you're seeing, because I I, I look at this and I I do try or I was trying to get some of those stacks like Wentz and Pittman and Pittman. after he landed at the Colts, I thought that was, you know, pretty, pretty nice to get those guys late um, looking for the Joe Burrow stuff. But wh- where would you be looking to kind of build your roster and how, you know, how many stacks is appropriate and what should you be doing um, in those middle rounds maybe? Yeah. So it, it's kind of, it's kind of a loaded question because it really determines like the, your early part of your draft, at least how I've approached it. Uh, the early part of my drafts has determined how the rest of my draft shakes out because in best ball you only have so at least on underdog which is the platform i'm familiar with you start one running back or i mean i'm sorry you start one quarterback two running backs three wide receivers a tight end a flex and that's it so if i'm only starting two running backs and i take like let's say i spend my first two picks are are on two stud running backs up top if those two, if I used my first and second round pick on two of the top running backs and those guys don't work out this year, then I probably lose anyways. So in in my mind, I'm going to say, okay, I'm banking on top end production from my top two picks and my top two picks were running backs. So now I'm going to kind of back off my running backs in these next middle, middle few rounds. And I'm going to start loading up on my tight ends, my quarterbacks and my wide receivers. Because mm-hmm. you've got to fill three wide receiver slots and wide receiver is such a more volatile position that you really need as many quality wide receivers as you can get 
um, that have ceilings. Uh, like I, I don't want to play a guy that's going to go out there and get eight points a week because that doesn't do me any good. I want I want guys who can get good, get zero or get thirty five. Like those are the kinds of wide receivers that I want to target. But it's also like in the same regard, like like Kev mentioned, you don't necessarily have to go get Mahomes early uh, and, and attack things like that. But if you can go get a chief stack early. Again, if I have a chief stack early, if I've got Mahomes, I somehow paired him with Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, I have those guys. That's who I paid up for early. I don't want to take another early quarterback. I don't need to go get a Kyler Murray in the sixth round or or a Dak Prescott in the seventh or eighth round because I'm banking on Patrick Mahomes having a good enough year that I drafted a quarterback in the second or third round to warrant me picking him. So it's you, you got to kind of figure out, OK, is if my early draft capital hits, what does that mean for the rest of my roster construction? OK, well, I took a quarterback early. My early quarterback is now smashing. That means my other quarterback probably isn't going to have many weeks where he contributes to my score. So let me take a shot on, on a very cheap secondary quarterback like like last year for me, I was pairing Dak Prescott in the seventh ish round with a, I had a lot of Jared Goff paired with him. Because I was like, okay, the Rams offense, you know, they're cheap. I can I can stack golf with Cup or Woods pretty easily and, and maybe throw in like a Van Jefferson here and there. Um, and I can pair that with the Cowboys stacks that I had. And I said, okay, on weeks that the Cowboys don't score a ton of points, maybe the Rams do because the Rams have a good offense and they were cheap. So, but a lot of times, you know, I'll see people sharing their teams on, on Twitter and whatnot and and you see them with a, a, a Lamar or a Patrick Mahomes as their main quarterback, and they've got three quarterbacks on their team. And to me, I'm just thinking it's it's such a waste of a roster spot um, because it's like not all of those guys are, can contribute to your team on a weekly basis. Like two of those guys are going to be on the bench. And right. if you wasted a third-round pick on a quarterback, you need him to smash for him to pay off. Otherwise, you should have drafted a top-end wide receiver or a top-end running back. So – I think it's very important to kind of figure out the production that you're going to get from your early picks and try to fill in the rest of your team based on that. At least that's how I've approached it. Um, and I've had success in best ball, so um, I'm not going to switch anything up. And, and Ryan, like you said, it's taking advantage of those guys that nobody else out there wants to play because they have question marks. Like last year, nobody wanted to play, pick St- Stefan Diggs. Like he was falling so right. far in draft <laughs> right. and he ended up being the, the top, one of the top scoring wide receivers in the, in the league. So take, definitely take shots on uncertain guys. Like Kenny Galladay's I need uh, is a name I see right now, just to throw a name out there. Who's kind of sliding down boards um, just because people don't know, you know, what, what the situation is with him, you know, going into free agency, where he's going to be, what, like, what if he ends up on a really good team and a really good offense somewhere? Um, he's a ta- really talented wide receiver. So that's just kind of a one of those situations, you know, you want to take an advantage of. But, yeah, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I just wanted to throw in some uh, some specific roster construction approach that I take myself. Well, I mean, I, I think so, like, in terms of stacking, like, you shouldn't be forcing a stack, right? Like, uh, I think your, your stack should come naturally. So, if early you drafted Devontae Adams or, um, you know, any other wide receiver that you, you or tight ends that you may have drafted a little bit uh, early, you know, you, you can then once you start getting the later round, start looking at some of those guys to stack with, right? Like to me, the, the Pat Mahomes stack is so expensive that you all, what you are paying for that can often hurt you because you're, you're missing out on all those other key positions, you know, top end running backs, stuff like that. 
So your team becomes pretty pretty volatile at that point, right? To be able to complete right. that stack where um, and especially like again, like it, it really comes down to are you playing in tournaments? Are you playing in just like a, a typical, you know, 12-man league and whoever wins at the end, you know, wins the money. And okay, th- that that's totally different because you're just playing against those 12 people. But if you're playing in a tournament where, you know, you're trying to take down 10,000 and you're playing against thousands of people, your strategy has to change completely because you are looking much more for that contrarian build. Like you're going to have luck come right. into it. Because if you're playing in a, in a, in a you know, against 10,000, 20,000 people, people are going to have, uh, you know, you're, you're playing against a lot of different people there. And so um, for that, like you have to get a little bit more different. And I think then you take shots. You're going to be taking what you, you should probably take a look at taking shots at guys like, for example, like uh, Ryan Tannehill last year, right? And stacking him with AJ Brown and Corey Davis and Derrick Henry, right? Like where a lot of people wouldn't necessarily want to uh, stack, um, you know, running back with the quarterback. But oh, in season long, I think there's a little bit better correlation to turn over the whole season versus just that one week. And so, and, and attacking a stack that way instead of just just being like, I think a lot of people look at it like, oh, I'm just going to go Pat Mahomes and Kelsey and, and stack done. Like, no, you can expand it out further than that and go all in on that team. Like, if you're in love with, like, last year, everybody loved the Cowboys, right? But the Cowboys were, like, that super hot. Like, everybody was going to have them. You probably weren't going to be that different in a, in a tournament. And you're, you're, the chances of you taking that down in a tournament isn't that isn't that high because you're, you're going against all these other people. And it's, it's much like, you know, you're playing a GPP in DraftKings, right? Like you're, you're, you're going, you're basically taking the chalk there. So you to get different and to get a little contrarian, like then maybe you go after, you know, if you would have went Ryan Tannehill, that build is going to be much less popular than especially last year. And, and we all know how, 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 how profitable the Titan stack was this year. Uh, right. It was, it was, it was tremendous, right? I stacked them every week. And, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that was, that was one of them. Uh, the bills were another one with Josh Allen. There weren't a lot of people that were super high on Josh Allen heading into last year. Okay. Like there was certainly the uh, a right. core group of people that were, but for the most part, not a lot, not a lot of people were. And so that was a productive stack. Like this year, just looking at ADP alone, like I think Jalen Hurts is a little better. But I, yep. think, I have a feeling Hurt. he is going to probably fly up and he's going to be a guy. If we find out he's going to be a starter, that is probably going to get more popular. But I think guy like Kirk Cousins, who's like, quarterback 18 right now i think i think he could make some sense stacking with justin jefferson if you take justin jefferson early you know he's somebody that you can wait on later you don't have to force that stack to get it happening now like you can let it happen naturally and and okay i got justin jefferson on my team um i got dk metcalf all right you know what what stacks am i going to try to go with here and let let it happen naturally over tom and then if you're going to get contrarian i think at the end of the draft is is probably where you're going to get more contrarian and taking shots on guys that are going to end up helping you in the long run. I mean, maybe guys that people aren't even looking at, guys that are much deeper down on depth chart, stuff like that. Uh, James Robinson would have been a good example. Somebody like you were just going through looking at a guy, huh, maybe this guy could work out. He ends up taking the starter. He ends up panning out. Boom. Now you just crushed it. Yeah, and and I'll let Ryan kind of talk about his drafts briefly that he did and maybe some things that he noticed uh, in those, those drafts really quickly. But uh, I wanted to note, too, that, the draft position matters as to when, as to when you should draft those players from those teams. So, for example, right now, uh, I'll give you an example so you can kind of see what I'm what I'm saying. Right now, the Colts are insanely cheap. Every single Colt that I yeah. see is down in like the hundred plus range of ADP. Right. Two, uh, three pass three catchers, months. pass catchers, yeah, pass catchers. So, like right now, I want to stack 
Carson Wentz with Pittman, T.Y., uh, the tight ends. Like, I just want to get as many Carson Wentz different stacks that I can get while it's very cheap. Now, a month from now, even a couple weeks from now, they they all those guys may jump up into like the seventh ish round, and I may not want to get as much exposure to them there because right. now they're starting to creep into the territory of like, uh, you know, last year Dak Prescott was going in the seventh and eighth round. So this just kind of gives you the idea of you know, the the position of where these guys are being taken should influence you know how how heavily you're targeting them. Like don't get don't get take locked into drafting the Colts, even even if they slide all the way up to like the sixth round and in, in ADP, just because you love the Colts and think Carson Wentz can smash there. Take advantage of them right now while they're free, uh, and yeah. that way you've got a Colts team that's paired with maybe like a Chiefs build up at the top, um, because you use your early picks on the Chiefs and your late picks on the Colts, and so now you have a Chiefs Colts main main build. So. Yeah, definitely utilize the time the the time windows of when guys are cheap, um, and and I think rookies right now, Ryan, you you briefly touched on it. Uh, Cam Akers is probably my favorite example from last year. I mean, I think he was going, you know, double digit rounds last year until he got drafted by the Rams, and then he was consistently being picked in the fifth round. And now look at him this year; he's projected to be a first round pick. Uh, yes. and drafts this year. So it's just take advantage of the talented rookies, even though you don't know where they're going to fall. So guys like Jamar Chase and things like that, that just have immense talent, uh, just bet on their talent and get them cheap. And then they'll fly up the draft boards once we know exactly where, where there's, where they fit. So, um, but yeah, Ryan, I know you had mentioned in our chat that you had gotten a ton of Colts exposure because of how cheap they are. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just I just thought that like what Wentz was on the move, um, you know, that's what made me, you know, get him. And then I just was like, uh, you know, OK, so I got some Cole Komet shares late. Like if he land on the Bears or whatever, like loves, you know, loves the tight ends or whatever. They love Cole Komet. Like I thought that could make some sense. I mean, um, yeah, once once the uh, news uh, broke, I, I got in a draft um on on underdog in that ten dollar tournament and was like i, I just want to see where i could get like a wince Pittman stack um and i i'm pretty sure i got them cheap let me pull it up here real quick um as i loaded up um i got you carson wince you think campbell go with him no i got i got wince at 122 and then i got uh i got Pittman at 98 so whatever that equipment Pittman in the ninth and then Carson Wentz in the eleventh. So did that did that reverse? I mean, it, you know, it's interesting because I don't really know a lot about the rookies at at this point uh, yet that I feel confident about. I mean, your boy Javante Williams, Kev, fifth and sixth round in in the two best balls that I've been in. I mean, he's catching steam though, so like that makes sense. Um, guys like Chuba Hubbard though and Trey Sermon, those those guys are going in double digit rounds. Um, you know, like I said, Rondell Moore, I saw him going in the 12th round. I was like, let me jump on that. Um, I know that Bateman kid, people have been talking about him. He's going late um, in rounds that I saw. I got, you know, trying to get exposure. I saw somebody in the chat asking about Jaguars. I, I do, you know, want to get some exposure to to those guys. I got a, a Visca share. Um, I think I got him in the eighth, but I went running back heavy. So um, on that team, like my wide receivers are McLaurin in the fourth, Jamar Chase in the sixth. Visca in the eighth, Pittman, and then Darnell Mooney, like three in a row. So um, just wanted to 
you know, take some shots on guys. And and the thing that I like about underdog too, Maddie, and you know this, Kev, I know you can't uh, play there yet. Hopefully <laughs> something gets passed, but they, when you, when you go to your uh, lineups, when you go to, to see where your lineups are, they, they show you your exposure. You mm-hmm. can click a tab of your exposure. So you know, like what guys, how, how much you're exposed to guys and how much money you're exposed to that guy as well, which I thought was extremely helpful because I was thinking about that with my best ball tens as I was playing, you know, just a couple bucks there. I think they have some $5 tournaments on there and I was just loading up on those. Um, But I was thinking about that as I had like a Google Excel spreadsheet and I would be typing players names in to see who I had where, Uh, but I like that about underdog, but, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely um, thing, you know, things to take advantage of. I mean, like Kev said, Kirk Cousins, you know, going uh, in the 11th round right now, which, you know, definitely could be cheap because Justin Jefferson is going, you know, within the top three rounds at at least. Thielen's going up there too. Um, You know, you could get Irv Smith late and that's a nice little, you know, kind of pairing there that I like as well too. So I I think it's just a lot of fun right now to kind of get in and take advantage of things. I mean, TJ Hawkinson was another interesting guy to me. Like Goff is there now. I've seen him, you know, target Higby, target Everett. I think Hawkinson could could still be one of those guys to eat, depending on what happens um, in their situations there. Um, So, yeah, go ahead, Maddie. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the five-hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I was just going to say, just eyeballing this ADP real fast, I think San Francisco is another offense that I'm going to yeah. have a ton of exposure to, especially right now. Even if you don't want to stack them with Jimmy G, like if you're afraid they bring in another quarterback some in somehow, some way, shape, or form, um, stack up there your wide receivers like Ayuk is he's over 70 and ADP Debo's in the hundreds uh, which is crazy to me <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah and I mean even most are their starting running back is is around 100 and ADP so yeah the San Francisco 49ers outside of George Kittle are pretty cheap right now and I mean you've got Shanahan at the helm uh, right. and, and if they somehow bring in another quarterback you know maybe they maybe they somehow sneak a deal for Deshaun Watson who knows it's just random things like that that could happen. Yeah. You have this insanely talented offense of, of Debo, Ayuk, and and Mostert at a very cheap prices. And then once, you know, if they make an adjustment, those prices are going to skyrocket. So, Yeah, and, uh, talking about the, the Jaguars, like I think the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence, I think we could pretty much lock him in right. there. And I think that really lifts the ceiling of guys like DJ Chark, who I loved last year, heading into last year. And I think that really opens things up for him because, you know, Trevor Lawrence is um, a thousand times better quarterback than Gardner Minshew ever hopes to be. <laughs> um, the tough part about that is, like with best ball, is is 
like he is cheap though right now. He's going off the board about QB seventeen uh, for Trevor Lawrence. But like I don't know what his ceiling is at least for this year. Like he does offer rushing ability. He had over 500 rushing yards uh, two years ago. Um, so like he's certainly a guy that that could that has that upside as well. But I don't know overall like the stack how how much upside is. Like I definitely want exposure to DJ Chark, who is going off the board like wide receiver 29 right now. Um, Lavisca Chenault is another one. I think both of those guys. I think are yeah. second. If you wanted to go uh, Trevor Lawrence, you certainly could. And a little mini stack there with with those guys. I think those are that that is a direction you go. Um, just I mean, looking at oh this overall ADP, something that stood out to me is Clyde Edwards-Helaire, which is laughable to me. That like yeah. he is the classic guy that the the community fucking overhyped and everybody got way too excited Dude, about it. And right. he didn't meet their their expectations. Like Clyde Edwards-Helaire wasn't bad last year. Everybody keeps saying like oh he's a bust. He was terrible last year. No, he wasn't. He had over eleven hundred. He had over eleven hundred yards. Eight of his thirteen games he played, he was an RB two or better. He had four RB one weeks, four RB two. Like, well, it's just something I've been it. seeing a lot, it. right? Like, and I, I've been thinking about doing a video of like, ah, we're not there yet for redraft stuff. Like, I want to wait, I want to wait because like, I'm definitely doing a video because it's fucking stupid. Like, he wasn't bad last year, it, and right now you're looking at his ADP of RB twenty, and I'm like, okay, yes, I will take that now. You, that that is great value. Where last year he was going too high, he was going 105, 106. That's yeah, too high. Right. He, he was at his ceiling is where you were drafting That's, him. Yeah. Now you're getting them at a at a fucking re- reduced price, and this is the time to buy. And I'm going to keep buying them as, as long as he stays there. I'm buying, Dude, buying, yeah. buying. If, buy. if Daryl Williams was the starting running back in Kansas City, I'd be buying him. Like, if you're the starting running back in Kansas City, I, I'm in. I am in. Right, right. Well, yeah, and just, I mean, I, like and he Damian. was probably the second best rookie running back last year. I mean, I, and and he was he was better than Jonathan Taylor was. He he was better than I mean for in terms of an entire an entirety of a whole season, right? I mean, he was better than him. The only J. running J. back Dobbins. that was better, the only running back that was better than him last year was James Robinson. And James Robinson is like the redheaded stepchild of all the rookies. Every time you you hear anything about the rookies this year, it's it's Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, and J.K. Dobbins. Nobody ever mentions fucking James Robinson. Like he wasn't a rookie last year. It's just because right. everybody's expecting James Robinson. They're going to draft his, uh, his, or they're going to sign somebody because he's not the guy, which is fucking stupid. Like he was a fucking monster last year and one of the worst, def- or one, one of the worst offices on football. Anyways, we'll see on that. Like, and to me this year, like Jonathan Taylor is going super fucking high. He's going, he's going 105. Now, yeah. this offense, you know, with Carson Wentz, I think becomes a little bit more interesting. Do they throw the ball a little bit more now that they have Carson Wentz? I don't know. But, I mean, he is going pretty high. I think 105 is probably uh, – I think he ends up moving up further than that. I think you end up seeing him go probably 103-ish um, yeah. as we get closer to the season. 105 and one oh five and 106 in the two drafts that I was in. And I was just like, I, I just – it just gets it just gets Man. dicey. I mean, because for me, like, so the one the first draft that I had, I drafted from the fourth position. The second one, I drafted from the second position. Um, and when I was in that fourth position, there, I, end, I ended up taking Alvin Kamara because it's Alvin Kamara, and I was like, Fuck, I, I want to share, so I'll, I'll get him now. But I, I honestly did consider like taking a guy like Tyree Kill. You know, as we we're saying, Maddie. I mean, because like the wide receivers at the top. And it's one of those things I do like having the stud running backs usually at the beginning. But as you're saying, taking chances and like being different, especially an underdog when it's a tournament style. I was like, how many people are going to have, you know, taking Tyreek this early and then, you know, try to build around from there. And maybe I can sneak Mahomes in the the third round or something like that. 
Um, and he ended up actually going before that, I think, or maybe your first. Yeah, he went at the turn or at the turn two twelve. Pat Mahomes did so, like that would have been kind of. I would have had to take him in the second round um, if I wanted that stack. But I do think you know, getting weird like that at the top. I mean, these running backs, and we see it every year. I mean, they're they're going to be you're going to just overpay for them because people have just seen them and they want to get that, you know, production that goes right. But I do think there's still some guys, you know, late that are, you know, kind of just going under the radar. I mean, like you said, Raheem Moster, like he's, he's going, you know, towards the double digit rounds in that I was seeing in some of these things, miles Gaskin um, was going, you know, pretty, pretty later on as well too. I feel pretty, pretty confident about him. Um, you know, car- carrying some things. So I just think it, it's it's interesting to get into multiple of these and kind of see where people are going. And uh, obviously you're, you're in these best ball leagues and you don't, it, the different thing about these from redraft leagues, right? Is like when I'm in my redraft leagues, I feel like I know how everybody's going to draft. I know their, their strategies and, and who they are and who players they like and things of that nature. So you can kind of go in with your other strategy um, thinking about what the other players are going to do. And then I'm in these two best balls and, I'm just like, damn, I don't know like any of these people, like how how they're attacking things or what they're thinking. And so that made me more interested in uh, getting my guy. Um, Kev, I thought that was interesting as you brought up those rookie running backs. It's like seven in the top 30 uh, of 2020 rookie running backs that are that are going right now. Um, and that's pick, that's picks total. Like not I don't mean running backs like seven of the top 30 of picks. So that's, that's just crazy to me. Um, I think there's definitely advantage um, advantage there to, to take off. Yeah. And it's also taking advantage of guys that struggled last year. Uh, Joe Mixon, perfect example. I'm like, yeah. I, when I was scrolling through the like, ADP, I was like, okay, where's Joe Mixon? Okay. Where's Joe Mixon? Yeah, where's Joe Mixon? <laughs> Who the fuck's Joe Mixon? RB20? Like, get the fuck out of here. Okay. Like, I if, love you, it. if you I get love Joe it. Mixon at RB20, fucking slam that draft button. Like, like, yeah. like t- take it all day because that is uh, overcorrection. Like I get it, you know, with the injury, it was the I, I don't fucking I still don't know what what injury he had, but um, I don't know if it was a business decision. I don't know if they were just holding him out because they had no shot. I don't know. But Joe Mixon with that offense, with, with Joe Burrow should be back next year, and with all the weapons they had that offense. And I think uh, I think one of the biggest um, things that they're probably going to do is address that offensive line, bring in more pieces to solidify that offensive line to protect Joey Burrow. It'll help Joe Mixon. Like Joe Mixon is an absolute steal right now at RB20. That is way too ridiculously uh, priced for him. Um, and then I even Saquon Barkley going at 106. Like the thing mm-hmm. that you're going to run into a lot is uh, with these is that people are going to look at these guys and say, oh, I can't draft that guy. He gets hurt too much. Like I've already heard it with Saquon. Like you're like, people say it. Oh, Saquon's, he is injury prone. He's injury prone. I'm not touching Saquon. It's fucking stupid. Okay. He's not injury prone. He got hurt. He missed three games. His, uh, not last year, but the year before. Then last year, obviously, he got hurt in week two, right? Which yeah. was a freak fucking ACL tear that, um, I, I don't know. It, it, he's not injury prone at all. And, like, it's funny to me because people feel comfortable taking Dalvin Cook. I'm like, Dalvin Cook's never played a full season ever in his entire career. But he's not injury prone. We're cool taking him. We can take him early, but not Saquon. <laughs> so, if I can get even Saquon at 106, I feel like that's a value for me because he has absolute number one or RB1 upside. So, and I, I will say, like, we'll, we'll, and again, it's probably something we'll get into more, but with Saquon, like, 
the, the Giants' offensive line, like early last year, was fucking terrible. Like they like their adjusted so line bad. yards were like thirty oh first, thirty second across the board. But by the end of the year, they moved up to like uh, I think they're like twenty third, twenty two, somewhere around that. Not a huge shape, but they they definitely started to come together and they started to get better. They have invested on on, on the offensive line as well. Obviously, with their uh, first round pick last year, Andrew Thomas and uh, Will Hernandez that they have. Um, so. I think good things are coming for that offensive line. I mean, Will Wayne yeah. Gallman in the second half actually there for like I was going to say yeah <laughs> was a fucking RB one. I remember talking about him on on the show every but week. You talked about it. like that, like just taking advantage of value. <laughs> like people have to throw out what happened last year because you, people get caught up in recency bias far too much, and everything that happened last year, they think is going to happen this year, and that's not the fucking way it ever works. And so, trying to uh, take advantage of that as well, I think, is also a good way to go. Yeah, and I, and I know we're getting up on the 45-minute mark here, so I, I did want to, you know, kind of wrap it up or whatever. But if you guys have, you know, conversation that you want to talk about, let, let's keep it rolling um, for a, just a little bit longer. But um, it, I think while Lito brought up something, you know, kind of with free agency, I, I saw people kind of going back and forth in the chat and just, you know, with the cold situation you, with Pittman and – and uh, and uh Oh my gosh, who's the guy that you Paris Campbell? Uh T. Y. Hilton could be gone. And then AJ Green for the Bengals, he could be gone, which I think is getting a lot of people interested in, in T. Higgins as well, too. I think, you know, we know that Deshaun Watson is going to end up somewhere, right? So, like, I think, you know, looking at those, if you go whether it's odds and seeing what who the top teams are for odds or seeing, you know, what the landing spots for for them and this getting exposure to I'm not saying the entire team. But, you know, like some of these places where he's rumored to end up, Maddie, you brought it up, San Francisco, like you can get those guys cheap. Denzel Mims. I mean, if he ends up on the Jets, like that stock is way up for him. And he's going, you know, in the double digit rounds, which which is, you know, just crazy. And we know they're going to probably make a decision at quarterback there in the Jets anyway. Denver with those guys there, Cortland Sutton. I think people have forgotten about him, you know, being injured. And if he if Deshaun ended up there, like he could, you know, definitely skyrocket. I mean, I I like trying to look at the landscape and just kind of seeing, you know, where where things could kind of shake out through free agency or whatever. And it's like, it's best ball, right? Like I'm not saying you're going to 100% predict the future, but to just get one of those guys and you're saying, okay, there's their quarterback situation might change or this running back could go somewhere else. I mean, AJ Dillon, like he's going to be a hot topic item because Aaron Jones could be gone in free agency. So like, what, Mm -hmm. what are they doing there? They just invested draft capital in a guy like AJ Dillon too. And, only has Jamal Williams there to compete, and we know they like to switch it up, but they're going to ride somebody. So I think Jamal Williams is a free agent too, so they don't even have him. Oh wow, yeah, damn. So yeah, that that <laughs> even speaks more to probably why getting they're getting Yeah, that that's uh, even more speaks to you know getting a guy like AJ Dillon too. If if both of those guys are gone, I mean, th- I, and I don't think people are necessarily all thinking about that at this time. So definitely. Just like we said before, you know, getting in now and taking advantage. And the last thing I wanted to say as I tossed it to you guys was just for people to just have their, you know, budgets or whatever and try and, you know, get into whether it's different sites or just getting different teams or whatever. Just, you know, you know what you're know what you're, you know, kind of putting in and investing and just kind of, you know, structure it in that way that you can be smart and, and get exposure to these different things. I mean, you know, if you're just going to say, all right, I want to take. 
20 bucks and that could get you two underdog teams in the $10. That could get you possibly four best ball teams if you're playing in the $5 over there and just getting exposure to all these different things that are early happening before the draft. And then once the landing spots come out and we have free agency in the draft, then you can, you know, invest more and stuff if you want to have a certain certainty on what the situation is. But I do think it's it's nice to get into a couple teams right now before things get crazy. Yeah, I think it's a very. I think at the very least, it just kind of sets the market for you. It kind of gives you an understanding of where these guys are going now, and kind of what values they are going to become. Because this this whole thing, like everything we talk about now, is going to be so fucking different in three months from now. Once we get free agency locked in, you know that's going to change the landscape for all the running backs and, and some some for the wide receivers as well. You know, and then once we get the draft, now that's going to change even more. Um, you know, for, for certain guys and, and where things end up. So, like, it, it's kind of like playing the stock market, right? Like, as things go up and go down, like, that, that's kind of where you're at, and that's, that's, that's kind of what you're trying to do Buy here. the rumor, sell the news. Yes, and, <laughs> yep. and, and that's exactly where you're at. And, and really just trying to figure out where you're at on, on guys now. Like, if, if you're looking at, like, again, um, you know, like you brought like you brought up A.J. Dillon. Like, you're, you're going to get A.J. Dillon a hell of a lot cheaper right now. If Aaron, the second Aaron Jones is not right. coming back to the Packers, A.J. Dillon is like yep. he is a locked in top 10 pick. OK, yep. he is fucking locked in as a top right. 10 pick. And so if you can get him now, like I don't even look where where exactly is he even going? Uh, really He's going late. I mean, I saw RB twenty nine. Fucking yeah. <laughs> that is a tremendous value. Now, if Aaron Jones comes back. Here's the thing. They're not bringing both back. They're not bringing back Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Okay, it's not happening. Right. So they're only going to bring back one of them. So even at worst case, if you're paying RB29 price for for that, like I still he's still going they're still going to split. So even if they do bring back Aaron Jones, let's say they franchise him for one year, he's still only going to get like 15 touches a game. So AJ Dillon is still going to get his and still going to get opportunities. So even at that price tag, you're not overpaying and once he hits, like if AJ or Aaron Jones does not come back, it's wheels fucking up for AJ Dillon. And you just got a tremendous value right. uh, much later. And, you know, taking a stand on, on the rookies and understanding who these guys are. You know, we, we don't have to say it. I already know that I love Javante Williams. And there's not a draft that I'm going to not have <laughs> Javante Williams because you're going to get like, honestly, like when you're when you're in the draft, unless say you're, you're in this range of like running back 30 and stuff like that. That's typically what the seventh, probably sixth, seventh round. Most running backs you're going to take there, like that are going around him right now, are David Johnson, which we don't even fucking know if he's even going to be the starter in Houston. If he is, I'm not all that excited about it because they're not going to have Deshaun Watson. So get me the fuck out of that. And then you have Zach Moss, Jay Connor, Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds, all going in that range. Moster, Gaskin, Melvin Gordon. Give me the fucking, uh, give me the guy with the mat, the monster upside because if Javante Williams lands in Pittsburgh. Or Atlanta, or Arizona, yeah, or, Miami. or or Miami. If he's the starter yeah. and he is going to be the lead back, you know, then it's again the the ceiling is so much higher for him there. We know that Kenyon Drake isn't going to be a fucking RB one this year, right? Like it's probably not going to happen. He's a free agent too. He's probably going to go be a backup somewhere. Take the guy with the upside. Don't yeah. don't take these guys you think are safe. Hammer the, these dudes. Understand who these rookies are. You know, so yeah. Our our boy uh, Derek's in the chat, and he's he's kind of saying all the things that I was getting ready to say. Um, it's and it's exactly what you guys were saying, just in different language. P- try to pick guys 
that you think ADPs are going to rise uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, so like you guys are saying, you're drafting these guys. Ryan, you mentioned drafting guys that possibly get Deshaun Watson exposure. Anybody that's going to be attached to Deshaun Watson is going to jump multiple rounds in ADP as soon as that news right. happens. So like like you said, like what's a couple bucks on a team if you're like, okay, well, Denzel Mims could have Deshaun Watson throwing to him. Um, let me get some exposure to him. And if he does, if Watson does sign with the Jets, okay, I have a 12th round Mims and now everybody's drafting him in the seventh round, like stuff like that. So now you have the better Mims teams uh, than everybody else has. Um, And and I think Derek mentioned drafting in waves too. I think that's, that's very smart to do spread out. Like don't draft all your teams right now in February, Uh, spread it out over the course, like try to segment it uh, uh, leading up to the start of the season, because there is going to be news, news cycles that come and go. Free agency, we haven't even had that yet. Uh, the draft, we haven't even had that yet. So there, there are going to be outlooks that change and that are going to affect uh, player outlooks. And right now it is a bit of a guessing game. But um, if you can, you know, get exposure to each news cycle, that time period, and you feel like, you know, you can digest the information better than everybody else can, you just give yourself a better chance uh, of winning. Um, because you will have, as long as you spread yourself out over the, the time period, you will have exposed yourself to the optimal time period of news. Um, so I, I think that that's, that's important. Um, and I will say too, not, don't, don't always just look at the big name guys, uh, that are going to get upgrades from, uh, you know, like a, a change of, of quarterback scenery. So like an example, Matt Stafford going to the Rams, Everybody's going to draft Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods, you know, those middle rounds. And you've Mm -hmm. got Van Jefferson who's going to sit there in in late rounds. And Cup and Woods had under a seven-yard average depth of target last year. And then Van Jefferson and Josh Reynolds were both over 11. So they're clearly the field stretchers in that offense. And now I have Matthew Stafford throwing them the ball as opposed to Jared Goff. Sign me up for that. So it's – it's all about, man, taking advantage. And I think, you know, Van Jefferson could gain some steam heading into this year. Uh, he had some steam steam last year in, in training camp or, or whatever they called training camp, I guess. There wasn't really one. But, um, yeah, just, you know, get like, like you guys have said, try to get exposure to guys that you could see their ADP rising uh, in the next couple of weeks or months or whatever it is for whatever reason. Um, like – Yep. If there's any scenario where you're like, man, this guy, if I drafted him now and this scenario played out, he would be a winning pick at this at this ADP. Just pick him, like pick him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for for a guy like me with Darnell Mooney, you know, to, to get a guy who they obviously see a lot in, you know, you're not talking about a guy that has a high draft profile necessarily, but you, the bears don't ever have many high picks to begin with anyway. So like, you know, they, you just take that with a grain of salt, but a Rob is, is pretty much gone. Right. So like, uh, it's going to be him. It's going to be Cole Komet, It's going to be Anthony Miller. Maybe, you know, maybe they get somebody who knows, but I think for right now you feel pretty confident in, in, Mooney at least at the very least being wide receiver too, you know, on that team. And they don't, we don't even know necessarily who the starting quarterback is going to be. So that could change as well too. And you're not, you're not really 
wasting a pick, I wouldn't say on him. You know, that's a, that's a guy who you can take a flyer on who you say, OK, you know, if he's sitting there as I get into double digit rounds, why, why, why the hell not? You know, because at that point you're you're looking at wide receiver threes, fours, fives, you know, once you get into in into that range, most likely um, some of the time. So to get a wide receiver two or like Denzel Mims, you know, he, he's potentially a wide receiver one. Um, it, it's crazy, you know, to think about some of these situations and how they're going. Um, so that's fun. I think we, we got a couple more minutes here. I don't know if there's anything that you guys want to touch on. I will say real quickly, guys, that we will be coming back, you know, every week, I think leading up until the the draft or maybe, maybe not every week leading up to the draft, but mostly every week. And we will try and do shows that are catered to, you know, specific positions. Um, you guys feel free to comment in on the chat too. You're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, comment on the chat, let us know what you want to see or want to hear us talking about. And we'll definitely be able to work that into the shows. We want to, we want to cater to, to what you guys want to hear and, and, and see as we're, as we're getting into this. So, um, you know, reach us, reach out to us on Twitter at DJ Nation Pod, or reach out on the YouTube chat, and we'll we'll definitely work those things in. You guys got anything else you wanted to touch on before we kind of wrap up this this intro show? I'm good. I'm yeah, I'm excited for best ball. I I've never really, you know, myself. Uh, I have not done it this early. I've you know I've done it in like the May time frame. You know, right after the draft. Uh, once I know landing spots, but I definitely there definitely is an edge to doing it now. Um, because like we all, all of the things we just talked about, um, you know, there's so many uncertainties that you can try to take advantage of. Um, it definitely, even if it's not, even if it's like five or 10% of your total best ball exposure for the year, um, just get some teams in now, get the, get the feel for what's going on, feel for ADPs and, and just kind of, you know, pay attention as, as things change, as news comes in. Yeah, I see D-Bro D in the chat talking about the, the favorite stacks or favorite values. I think we did touch on values earlier, but if there's if there's a top stack that you guys want to talk about that you'd look, be looking to target, Kev, I know you got the ADP up there, so I'll let you kind of comb through. I, I said mine at the beginning. I mean, I definitely wanted to try and get some Joe Burrow um, and T, T. Higgins stacks. And, and D-Bro, I see you in the chat. I know you were talking very highly of, of T. Higgins. I think a lot of a lot of people you know, are, are, are hip to that. Um, train. So I, I think I, I definitely love that. And obviously I have my my Wentz and, and Pittman stacks now, so I can, you know, rest easy with getting those guys late. Maddie, how you feeling about a stack that you would want to try and get? And it doesn't have, you know, maybe it's a tight end to to quarterback stack. I do have a Kyler Murray, Dan Arnold uh, stack uh, for, for the D-Gen Nation fam out Let's there. Go. Um, so I thought that was fun. I don't think he's on it. I think he's a free agent. Is he? Yeah, I, I, t- I took him cheap. He'll end up somewhere. He was a late tight end for me. He's a baller, I, I, man. Put he's a baller. Respect on sure. his name. No, uh, I'll I'll stick with San Francisco as my pick. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. outside of Kittle, and you can even pick Kittle too uh, if you want to pick Kittle, Kittle early and then go uh, with all the other guys late. But I I don't think you need to go with Jimmy G with those guys. Um, just because, I mean, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be, but in that offense under Shanahan. Those guys are just too cheap. Like, Ayuk should be going a little bit higher than he is. Uh, Debo Samuel should not be going over 100 ADP. Uh, and, and Mostert even at 100 ADP is pretty pretty crazy to me as well um, because that guy has smashed when he has been healthy. Um, and, and I think, you know, that goes back to the whole Will Fuller thing last year, right? Everybody's like, I'm not drafting this guy. He's, he's injury prone. Uh, and then Will Fuller goes out and plays a full season until he gets popped for PEDs. But uh, so – 
trying to, you know, take advantage of, of injury prone guys too, or, or who the community labels as injury prone because they usually come with a discount. Um, so yes, I'll go with San Francisco. Love it. Kev, what you thinking? I think if, if my favorite early stack is probably it's either it's either the, the Cowboys or the Chargers, but I'll, I'm going to lean towards the Cowboys because you're still getting Dak Prescott cheaper than what you should. Uh, you know the trajectory he was on last year. He he should be a guy that's coming off the board of the top three. He's right now currently going off the board as uh you know 77th overall, seventh round or not seventh, no, the seventh quarterback off the board. That is too cheap. I know people are a little hesitant because of the a- ankle injury that he suffered last year. There's no doubt he'll be 100% ready. And I think you could either, you know, if you're wanting to stack it up, like it doesn't necessarily have to be CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, but I think you could go like CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper and then go with Gallup, Gallup because Gallup yeah. is going super late. Um, and we kind of saw how, you know, he kind of started to take off last year towards the end of the season. And if you're wanting to go late, I still love Carson Wentz. Uh, as you already talked about, as we've already talked about, that stack is too fucking cheap right now with Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman. You're not spending anything on it. And, you know, it, it doesn't cost you a whole lot. And that stack could be fucking money. And so I, I love that stack uh, quite a bit um, as well if you're wanting to go late. I think some other interesting guys like Jameis Winston, you know, if he ends up taking over as a starter in New Orleans, I know they're going to have to sign him. But it sounds like that that's the guy they want. Or he could go somewhere else and maybe and, and find himself in, in a decent landing spot. Uh, please, Lord, not the Bears. Don't do that to my boy Jameis. But, uh, you know, who knows? We'll see. Uh, but... Yeah, I, th- I think those are my probably my two favorite stacks for now. Um, and then I think the other question, what was it, favorite value? It's got to be at wide receiver, right? There's a ton of value down here at wide receiver. I was in here looking through this, and I'm like, Jesus, there's some really good value down here. Van Jefferson, you guys already mentioned, that's a really good one. Um, Anthony Miller could be um, with the yeah. likelihood of Allen Robinson gone. You have Paris Campbell at wide receiver 83. Get all the way the fuck out of here with that. Like that is significantly too. James Washington. So it sounds like Juju's gone. Um, and so it sounds like Big Ben is back. And we know that they have a really strong rapport with James Washington. As, as long as they don't bring anybody else in, I doubt they do. So James Washington would definitely be a guy here in this stack that makes some sense. Tyler Johnson, if Chris Godwin were to leave uh, via yeah. free agency, which oh, yeah. Bruce Arians, you're a fucking a moron one. out here saying, you know, you shouldn't be chasing money. You know, you should, you know, something about the scheme and leaving, leaving the team. Uh, you shouldn't leave a scheme for money. And I'm like, bitch, what do you think these guys are trying to do? They're trying to make money. Like, pay this man. Like, <laughs> yeah. you think he's going to take a hometown discount for you? No, no, thanks. If I'm Chris Godwin, I'm getting my, I'm getting my paper. All right, you got, I got my ring. Now I need my paper. But right. anyways, if he leaves, Tyler Johnson at wide receiver 89 is terrific. And then, you know, the rookies. The rookies are really, really undervalued right now in terms of the rookie wide receivers because people don't know who the fuck they are. Rondell right. Moore, wide receiver 68. That's fucking ridiculous. If he lands, that dude is so fucking dynamic. If he can land in the right spot, I think that he's he could be an absolute steal. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver 64. That is way too low. Rashad Bateman is, is another guy that would make some sense who I think is the next Allen Robinson himself. And then Keelan Cole. My Uh, dream's landing spot for him, where I think he realistically could go, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that is a realistic landing spot for him. They need it. They need a wide receiver. The Chiefs don't have the like. I want them to sign Allen Robinson so bad. They don't have the money to afford (laughs) Allen Robinson. They don't have Allen Robinson type money. They have other holes they need. They're going to need offensive line. They have so many things they have to do. But Keelan Cole could come right in and slide right in and be the number two wide receiver. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Don't draft McCole Hardman because McCole Hardman 
is not going to be the Chiefs' number two wide receiver next year. No way, no Ooh. how. Hey, people don't want to hear not, that, Kev. People they, don't want to hear that. They don't that. like Nicole Hardman. They, they don't. <laughs> Pat Mahomes doesn't seem like he much cares for him. Like Damn. he is always yelling at him because he doesn't. He, he doesn't. He always stops his routes. Like he, like he'll be in the middle of a route, and like as a Chiefs wide receiver, you fucking keep running. You don't stop because Pat Mahomes is moving around, and he's always yelling at him, fucking pointing at him. Hey, motherfucker, keep fucking moving, and he doesn't do it. So that's why he doesn't. He's not getting the playing time. All offseason, you're hearing people talk about McCall Hardman until the draft or until they sign somebody. Don't do it. It's a it's a trap. Don't go there. Keelan Cole will be a lot of fun. That's fun. That's fun. Man, I I love it. I love it. We we of course, you know, I said that we were gonna we were gonna keep it short, and we're we're at an hour. That that's short enough that's short for, for the Degen. That's short enough for the Degen Nation pot. Uh, man, yeah, this is gonna be a lot of fun. I, like we said, we're we're getting into it. Best ball over here at the Degen Nation pod. This has been the best ball strategy show. Definitely having fun with you guys. Appreciate everybody who's been in the chat, keeping it lit up. I mean, we're 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 here. We're gonna be talking about it. Let us know what you want to hear. Like I said, hit up hit us up in the YouTube comments, hit us up on Twitter at DJ Nation Potter. You can hit any one of us up um, as well on Twitter too. And, and we'd much appreciate that. Um, we'll, we'll be back next week and we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what the, what the show is going to be. We'll tweet it out on, on the channel as we start to get into more best ball drafts and ADP fluctuates. See, see what's going on there as we get another week under the belt and, and kind of see where things are falling into the fold. Um, this was fun, guys. I can't wait to to do more of this and, and, and get it geared up with the DJ Nation channel, um, providing something to the fantasy authority uh, in the offseason, quote unquote. No offseason here with football. No offseason with the fantasy authority. Yeah, well, we'll have to we'll have to get Debro on, on a couple shows as well. So Definitely. I can tell him how stupid he is and why, why Zach Wilson is going to be a fucking stud. Oh, let him know, Kev. Let him know. Zach Wilson, I, I was looking at him in some draft. He wasn't even – he didn't even go um, in one of the drafts I was in. And I think he went maybe in the 17th of 18th round um, in the second one that I was in. So he's definitely uh, – like like we said, put some respect on the name. Um, he's definitely going disrespected right now, so to speak. But th- this was fun. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about um, next week as we get into it. Guys, DJ Nation podcast here signing off for the godfather himself. Mr. Kevin Steele at Fantasy Rat 13, signing off for Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DFS, Maddie 2v2, and myself, the monologue man, Mr. Ryan Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Alexander underscore W. We're going to catch you guys next week for episode 103, more best ball. But until then, hit the YouTube channel, subscribe to the content, look for the Dynasty and Debbie stuff on the show or on the YouTube channel and on the website. And uh, DJ Nation will be back next week. Peace, y'all. We out. Think you can tell me what to do? Know who you're talking to? But you better get used to the way the war back. I see what you got, it measures and ounces. But that's a freak, boy. Yeah, that's a freak, little man. Break it down.
Fairfax is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.